The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 275 of the podcast, or you're joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Today's Sunday, February 20th. For anybody keeping track, we are one week removed from the Super Bowl uh, and one day removed from UFC, BKFC, and Bellator all on the same night. I didn't watch Bellator. I'm assuming none of you did either. Um, and we'll get into all that in just a little bit. But first, let me introduce all the way from Parts Unknown. The main ingredient, which would be a good that would be a good name for a lobster roll stand, I feel like. Mr. Arthur Vandelay. Art, how are you feeling on this? Sunday evening. Bill, I'm just flying in from Zurich, so I feel fantastic. A little tired. I'm I'm switching time zones here. Uh huh. But I'm ready to roll, Bill. Let's talk about some violence. We're about five hours ahead over there in Zurich, right? Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. But Bill, Bill, I know you're just flying back from New York. So I need a damage report. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, it seems like um, it seems like it was already weeks ago. But I guess, yeah, I was still in New York for the last episode. Um, flew back on Monday on Valentine's Day, and um, just tried to get back into the swing of things. Um, kiddo transitioned pretty well back into school. It's kind of crazy because, like, this time last week, like last Sunday. I was sledding down a hill with uh, with my daughter and throwing snowballs. And then this afternoon I spent down um, at the marina, at the beach, like in the water. It was 80 degrees here in Florida. We, um, we all, uh, three of us rode our bikes uh, down to the marina. They were doing like a little seafood festival art here in Safety Harbor. Um, it was nice, but the, the lines for food were way too long. Um, and then I wanted to get a beer, but I, I waited online for a beer and, um, they're like, oh, well you need to go get a wristband first. And it was like all the way at the other end. So I get the wristband and then I go back and they're like, oh, well you can't pay for beer with, uh, money. You have to buy tickets. So then you got to get online and buy tickets, but then the tickets, only accepted cash and then the atm was on the other side of the uh marina so i was like you know what i don't want a beer that bad i think this is a higher power telling me that i've been drinking too much beer lately so but that's that so back here it's uh you know been high 70s beautiful weather um and um yeah that's it art sounds like a sounds like a smooth transition bill um yeah yeah new york has been it's it's been on and off up here from what i've heard 
from colleagues. It's uh, one day it's warm, then the next day it's not, and then uh, it snows for like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um it's nice being somewhere that doesn't have as many restrictions too. Like in New York City, it's pretty wild with the with the pandemic stuff. It seems like everybody's kind of sick of it. Everybody's over it. You got to show like whether or not you've been vaccinated. Um, if you just to go into a restaurant, like one, one like sushi place even asked for like my last colonoscopy results. It was weird, man. Like a little bit invasive, I thought, but um, <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily I had a colonoscopy on me. Um, <clears throat> Just uh, some some not some more non-fight stuff I want to talk about. I watched um, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie on Netflix. Have you seen this art? No, but if it was produced by Netflix, it was probably terrible. It was. It was awful. And I'll I'll preface this with the fact that um the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my favorite horror movie of all time. I like things that are realistic, you know, like something that could actually happen. Like, oh, there's a fucked up family that lives in the middle of nowhere that eats people like I can buy into that. And the first movie was so good at building suspense like there there wasn't even a, a lot of violence, really. It was really it was really just like the the characters and um the scenery and the way it was filmed and everything, which this new version did capture a little bit of that. Like the, the directing was very good, but the, the plot made no sense. Like it just didn't add up. It was like a bunch of influencers or something wanted to go transform this ghost town in Texas into like some kind of hipster village. Um, and they go there and there's like an old lady at an orphanage and then like Leatherface is there and it, and it, I guess she had been taking care of him for however long and he wasn't killing anybody. And the original girl who survived in the first movie, apparently she dedicated her life and became like a bounty hunter or some shit and was hunting Leatherface for like 50 years or however long it's been since the last movie was out. And like the, the plot was just bizarre. There was a lot of unnecessary violence. Like I don't mind violent movies, but I just, everything felt kind of rushed. It felt like they were being violent just for the sake of being violent. Um, the, the plot was a, a total mishmash. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a huge miss for me. And it, I, and I, I won't say it wasn't wa worth watching. Like it was an entertaining movie, but when it was done, I was like, fuck, that was terrible. Um, whereas after I watched the last Halloween movie that came out art, I was like, man, I just wasted my time. Like that was not even worth watching. It was just, it was mm. just awful. It made no sense. There was just like, Oh, Michael Myers is back and he kills everybody. And the other thing I didn't like about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing is like, do you mind some spoilers, Art? Are you going to watch it? 
Um, no, I'm I'm actually more interested to watch the original one because I haven't seen it. But you can oh. spoil this one for me because I have yeah. no intention. Yeah, you have to you have to see the original. The original is is such a classic. Um, but all right, so if anybody who doesn't want spoilers for the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you can skip it. Like hit the thirty second skip ahead button. There's one scene where Leatherface gets on this bus of hipsters. And um, it, it was kind of funny because they all point their cameras at him. And they're like, if you do anything, you're going to get canceled, bro. <laughs> and then he just he just slaughters everyone on the bus with his chainsaw. But, like, I've used a, a fair amount of chainsaws in my lifetime, Art. And I could tell you, you can't get through a whole bus full of people with a chainsaw. Like, the, the chain will will come off the track. It'll run out of gas. It'll mm. get jammed. Like, how's how has he kept this chainsaw in such pristine condition where he could just mow through twenty people with it, and and nothing happens to it, where like you know it doesn't come off the track or anything. He's kept that thing like perfectly oiled and like you know t- tighten the tighten the chain and whatever else you have to do to maintain a chainsaw. I highly doubt it. Like this guy is just sitting around for 50 years and like all he does is repair chainsaws and makes them work perfectly on command to mow through 20 people. Um, so that's what I didn't like about it. I like, I like stuff that's, that's real, you know? And I know after like, after cutting two or three people in half, that thing is jamming 100% for sure. Like it's getting like somebody's femur or something is going to throw the chain off the track. Like that's mm. just inevitable, right? No, that makes sense, Bill. And Bill, while we're on the subject, um, I haven't heard good things about the new Matrix movie. Um, Bill, have you had a chance to see it? Um, I started watching it, and I actually I fell asleep during it. Um, I I don't remember if it was because the movie was bad or if I was just really tired that day. Um, but I know it didn't catch my attention enough to make me want to go back. And try to watch it again. Yeah, that's fair enough. And Bill, I had the opportunity to watch the new Spider-Man movie, uh, No Way Home or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Bill, you know, everybody's excited because for, you know, without spoiling anything, um, the last two actors who played Spider-Man have appearances in the movie. So it was Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Uh, you know, they have they appear in the movie, which is awesome. You know, uh, I enjoyed watching those movies growing up. So, you know, I thought that Marvel and Disney would produce something awesome here. You know, they have the, the groundwork for it. But, Bill, outside of the nostalgia of seeing the other two Spider-Men, uh, I thought the plot was terrible um, because there's this one event that had it not happened... Uh, it's kind of a stupid thing that happens in the movie. At least I Uncle think Ben dies. Uh, no. Um, but um, they kill I, that poor bastard in every iteration of Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. But uh, Bill, in this movie, uh, if that one thing didn't happen, you know, we like we wouldn't have a a plot here. So, um, unpopular opinion. I know everybody liked it, but it's sold out worldwide or whatever. I did not enjoy the movie. All right. Um, am I happy that I saw it? I mean, I guess, 
Um, I wouldn't pay money to see it again. And if you offered me to watch it for free, I probably wouldn't watch it for free either. Mm. Um, now that I've already seen it once. So okay. unpopular opinion, but was not a fan of the new Spider-Man movie. So should I waste my time watching it? No. All right. I won't. So you, you like your movies about people who get transformed into mutant spider people to be more realistic too. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. We're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Was there anything else? I feel like there's something else. I watched the Super Bowl. Did you catch the Super Bowl art? Uh, no. Um, it, when Tom Brady's not in it, Bill, I, I don't even know if it's a Super Bowl. Is it even a game <laughs> if Tom Brady's not involved here? I mean, it has to be like one of the most least the like one of the most boring matchups, like the Bengals and the Rams. Like n- nobody's gonna remember that the Rams won the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I Rams I had to think about it for a second. I had to pause and think like who played the Bengals last week. But I thought it was an entertaining game. I actually thought the halftime show was really cool. Um, if anything, it was worth it just to understand all the memes that came out of the halftime show. Mm. Um, you know, between like 50 cent hanging upside down. Um, and it, it was really good. Um, uh, Dr. Dre did it, did like a Tupac cover. Um, nice. And that, that was, he, he did a really good job. It was, it was cool. They had like this, this setup. I don't know if you saw any clips from the, halftime show but this setup it was like a big i don't even know how the hell they built it in five minutes but it was like a big like um rv kind of thing it looked like it looked like the tomb from the legends of the hidden temple show that used to be on nickelodeon and the rappers are all like going through the different rooms (laughs) trying to put together the silver monkey and shit um (laughs) it was good um that's funny yeah so that was that man dude the super bowl feels like it was it was a year ago it was just a week ago today right yeah it's been a it's been a long week billy um not all of it good but uh you know here we are we uh made it to another sunday but bill um yeah i you know i wanted the rams to lose so bad uh because bill as you as you know i'm a fan of thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Um, Is that his real name? Yeah, it's his full name. Uh, but uh, but Why yeah, he so many names. I don't know. He's been named after a lot of people. But Bill, here's the thing: is people want to see Tom Brady lose or they want to see him win. The fact of the matter is, he's a draw. All right. So the fact that he wasn't in it this this week, I hope the NFL lost money, man, because. Um, I would have loved to see him beat the Bengals or I would have liked to see the Bengals beat him. I'm not going to lie to you, Bill. I wanted the Bengals to win. The last time that they won this was 1989, if I'm not mistaken. Bill, I was not even a thought in my parents' head during that time. I was not even alive. Okay, Mm. so I was really hoping for a Bengals win here. Uh, But I I like Aaron Donald. I think he's a good art. I thought you were like middle aged uh, architect. Uh, No, I'm a younger architect, Bill. Oh, all right. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, Aaron Donald won a Super Bowl. I, I think he's a really good player. Uh, seems like a cool dude. Um, so, you know, good for him. He got a ring. But, uh, I'm, you know, I'm fine if the Rams never win it again. Yeah, I don't give a shit. 
Um, <laughs> I I just wanted to see like a competitive game, which it was. Yeah, it was definitely close. Was. Yes. Um, I was rooting for the Bengals also just because like the people I was watching it with were rooting for them, so it was just more fun that way. But I didn't I didn't give a shit either way. Um, but I thought it was a fun competitive game. All right, uh, let's talk about some fights, shall we, Art? Let's do it. Enough of these candy-ass sports. <laughs> You're feeling feisty tonight, Art. All right, UFC Fight Night 201 or UFC Vegas 48. Headliners, uh, Jamal Hill and Johnny Walker. I was excited for this fight. Um, this was um, not supposed to be the main event. The main event, I think, was supposed to be RDA and uh Fazeev. Yep. Um, but that got moved to pay-per-view. Uh so this became the main event. I I thought it was a great main event. I thought it was still a solid card. There was a lot of fun fights on there. I saw a lot of people on the internet complaining about it, but um if there's any if, if there's ever anything going on, people on the internet are complaining about it. So I, I don't pay that any mind. Um I enjoy what I enjoy. And I, I don't know if people are aware of this, Jeff, but if you don't like a card, it's optional whether or not you uh, ingest it. No, I think you're absolutely correct, man. Um, but, Bill, something that I've noticed as I get older is that whether you do the right thing or the wrong thing, people will complain. So just do what you want. That's the truth. Uh, people complain about me all the time, but luckily I have selective hearing art. Um, <clears throat> so... This was a fun matchup. I mean, it's two two guys with like real explosive power. Um, two guys who could end the fight in a flash. Johnny Walker coming in with about twice as much as experience as Jamal Hill. Um, and Jamal Hill, the, the big question and the way he proved himself the most was coming off of that submission loss to uh, Paul Craig where he got his arm snapped in half. It's like, well, how is he going to bounce back from this? Is he going to be tentative in there? Is he going to be worried about grappling? Is he going to be, you know, slow to pull the trigger? No, he knocks out Jimmy Crute in like half a second and then uh, comes in here with this performance against Johnny Walker, which was one of the most bizarre-looking knockouts I've ever seen. Uh, caught him like right on the temple. I saw a video of a doctor explaining the knockout. Basically, when you get hit – on the temple here and it turns your head um that can cause the turning of the head can cause your brain to basically smack against the inside of your skull um which kind of explains like the delayed reaction but man he went down like like bugs bunny or like a like a looney tune um the the way his body like like he kind of jumped in the air and then went stiff uh, it was scary, but uh, so impressed by Jamal Hill. I mean, this guy, this guy's a fucking killer art. What were your thoughts on this main event? Yeah, Bill, um, great, great fight. But dude, the way Johnny Walker went down, it was like how the guys go down in the UFC video games, dude. It was so unnatural. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a little scary, dude. Um, it looked like Johnny Walker's brain just shut off for a sec but man 
Bill, credit to Jamal Hill, dude. Uh, you know, in the one clinch scenario that they were in, Jamal Hill was able to get his uh, his underhook, was able to pummel, and Jamal Hill, you know, he wouldn't bite on whatever Johnny Walker was giving him. You know, because Johnny mm-hmm. Walker had was trying to kind of circle towards a certain way so he could land that right head kick, but Jamal Hill wasn't having it. And um dude, it was just it was just a great fish, man. The uh the way he ducked under and they kind of hit each other at the same time. Dude, uh great, great fight from Jamal Hill. And you could tell, man, everything that he was throwing was hitting Johnny Walker with power, man. Um but Bill, what do you do with Johnny Walker here? He's he's been more cold than hot lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, just to, to stick with Jamal Hill real quick though. Um, I, I liked in the buildup to this, I saw a clip of, of some behind the scenes thing and he was saying how, I guess it's black lion jujitsu is his, um, it's his gym, but, uh, in Michigan, he was saying how he, uh, has been with his same team the whole time. He's like, everything I've ever learned about fighting, I learned here in this gym. Um, so he seems like a really loyal guy. That's really cool. And, uh, he was also on the same episode of Dana White's contender series as, uh, my buddy, Billy Quarantello. Um, they were both given contracts, uh, that night. Um, so that, that kind of, uh, that kind of makes it a little bit personal too. I reached out to, uh, reached out to Billy, uh, to come on the show and talk about this today, but, um, he wasn't available since uh, him and Jamal share that little bit of history, but yeah, <clears throat> it's tough with Johnny Walker, man, because he came in and you thought this guy was going to be like the next big thing. He also came in on the contender series and then, you know, knocks out Khalil Roundtree in his first UFC fight. Uh, two more explosive knockouts after that over Justin Ledet and Misha Serkinov. And now he's lost four of his last five. His only win was a knockout uh, of Ryan Spann back in September of 2020. Mm. So it's tough, but it, I mean, look at the people he's lost to Corey Anderson, Nikita Krylov, Tiago Santos, uh, you know, in a, in a main event. So I think his job is safe. I would say, um, you know, I feel pretty comfortable saying that. Um, but what do you do with him? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's big enough to move up to heavyweight. I mean, he is six, five. He seems like a pretty big dude. He looked a lot bigger than Jamal Hill. Um, you know, maybe if he's not cutting so much weight, he won't be as susceptible to these knockouts. Um, since he's been knocked out a few times. Um, but even earlier in his career, I saw a video of him. I think it was this fight against Wagner uh, Prado. He was knocked out like four times in the same fight. And that was back in 2014. So, um, you know, your ability to take a shot doesn't get better as you get older, as you know, Art. Um, so I don't know. Do you do you have an answer as as far as what to do with Johnny Walker? Um, have him fight, um, what's that dude's name? No time. The one who, um, that Swiss fighter, what the hell's his name? 
I can't remember him off the top of my head. But, yeah, dude, Johnny Walker, I think he might need to step down in competition, man. He might have to get thrown. He might have gotten knocked so hard that he's going to end up on the prelims. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know about that. I imagine he's probably under, like, a pretty lucrative contract, um, you know, being in two main events in a row. Uh, they're probably paying him a pretty penny, and they're they're not going to want him have him on the prelims but yeah it's gonna get to the it's gonna get to the chance uh it's gonna get to the point pretty soon where he's gonna be fighting for his job i would think yeah that might be sooner rather than later being one and four uh not a great look but like you said uh went up against some really tough dudes in that light heavyweight division yeah i'm like I'm getting an advertisement. If you guys see, I'm sharing the screen here on YouTube. Getting an advertisement for StreamYard while I'm using StreamYard, and I can't close it. <laughs> I already use it, guys. Oh, and here we go. Love Wellness Vaginal Health. All right, if you need some vaginal health supplements, I can click on this link for you and send you the link. All right. Yeah, it looks like it's a spam, Bill. <laughs> yeah. What's up with SureDog, man? They. They canceled their app. Now um, they got these vaginal health advertisements bombarding me. Like my right. vaginal health is is fine. Sure, dog. All right. All right, Bill. Let's cut through the crap here. All right. You and I both know what this episode is about. It's about Jim Miller. So, Bill, let's just jump right into that one. <laughs> I'm I'm all for it. Uh, so, Jim Miller. Taking on Nicholas Mata, who I believe was um, another Contender Series alum. Yep. Uh, first UFC fight. Imagine having to fight Jim Miller in your first UFC fight. Yeah, I don't think the UFC is a fan of this uh, Nicholas Mata dude. And, and I, I said this on the show. I don't know if you caught the show last week, Art, but they're doing to Jim Miller what they've been trying to do to Andre Arlovsky. They keep giving him the, these young lions um, that they kind of want to build up. And uh, Jim Miller and Arlovsky, like, they're not having it, man. They're, they're like, <laughs> throw throw anybody you want at us and, and we'll take care of them, you know? Like, they're taking out the trash. And the trash being, like, the new crop of UFC fighters. Uh, what's wild is that um, Mata looked a lot faster than Jim Miller in there. But Jim Miller, that lead, that lead right hook, um, that he just kind of jumped into. Yeah. It was beautiful, man. And it was, yeah. it was perfect technique. Um, it was just awesome old man strength. Um, and, and it put Mata out and it was, it, it's great to see a guy with like Jim Miller, who I believe has 39 UFC fights now and, it, and just tied Cowboy Cerrone for, uh, most wins, Most wins in, in UFC history. I actually saw a tweet from Diego Sanchez that said um, Jim Miller should fight Cowboy Cerrone for um, uh, the most wins, and then the loser retires. <laughs> um, I don't think Diego Sanchez can be making tweets like that, Bill. He, <laughs> he needs to retire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there was talk of him doing like bare knuckle or something, and then that just kind of fell apart. Even now, they were like, no, nah, we don't want to touch that, man. Yeah, not with that yoga instructor he's got as his head coach. No, they broke up. Mm -hmm. Or uh, they parted ways. 
Um, yeah. Mark says UFC 300, Jim Miller versus Cerrone. Yeah, Jim Miller keeps talking about he wants to fight on UFC 300 because he fought on 100 and 200. So that's like his goal. Um, I'm all for it, man. I'm always down for a Jim Miller fight. I was so happy for that guy. Um, how could you not? He's just such a tough bastard. And, and like, he's been around forever and the Lyme disease and like everything else he's been through, um, and, and still has a resurgence. Now he's a fucking knockout artist, two knockouts in a row at, at 38 years old. Yeah, Bill, ever since he, you know, addressed the Lyme disease and, and figured out that he had it and got diagnosed and, you know, figured out, you know, a regimen around it, Bill, I feel like he's turned into a scarier dude. Like, how does he even happen? Um, Bruce says, he is doing bare knuckle, you idiot. Diego is fighting Kevin Lee. Well, that's not bare knuckle. That's an Eagle FC. Um, he, I said he was signed to... Uh... I see you yelling here, Bruce. I don't, I don't appreciate... <laughs> I don't appreciate your tone young man uh <laughs> you said he is doing bare knuckle but eagle fc is not bare knuckle um in any case it, he was before he got signed with eagle fc he was in talks with bare knuckle and they were bkfc was promoting him a little bit but that fell apart um <clears throat> is what i said so and uh you're right i don't i don't do research because Bruce also said, I'll put this comment up here. Research shit before you speak about it. <laughs> I don't have to do research, Bruce. My research is, I'm looking at the bottom of the bottle here to find my answers. Because that's how I solve all my problems. All right. Um, let's jump back to the co-main event. Kyle Dawkins against Jamie Pickett. Um, Kyle Dawkins, man, just so impressive. Um, unfortunate circumstances in his last fight with Kevin Holland with the, the headbutt, and you know, it should have been a submission win for him, but um, you know, they used the instant replay to make a bad call. And um, but you know, he's able to come in here against a tough dude like Jamie Pickett, submits him uh with a Brabo choke with one second left, and there was a lot of criticism. Uh, for Pickett tapping with one second left, some people were like, "You should just go out." But um, he came out after the fact and said, "Art that um, his his tongue got caught in between his teeth, and his mouth was being pressed closed, and he thought if he didn't tap, he was actually gonna bite his own tongue off, which is a pretty gruesome thought." Um, so yeah, you guys never know what's going on. Like sometimes it's not just a choke; it's not just about the blood flow. Uh, and in this case, I guess, I guess his mouthpiece got lost or, or fell out or something. And he was going to bite his own tongue off, which is a pretty scary thought. What do you think, Art? Yeah, dude, that's a little scary. And it, if, if he did feel that way, it just speaks to the squeeze that Kyle Dawkins must have, dude. Okay. Um, listen, there's no shame in tapping, dude. I don't care if there's a second left. Um, I'm sure that most people said that probably wouldn't get in the cage anyway, but, um, but yeah, dude. Um, yeah, Kyle Dawkins. It looked like Jamie Pickett was going out anyway, so I think tapping was probably the best option there. Um, but man, give it to Kyle Dawkins. Uh, you know, Jamie Pickett came out pretty tough, but Kyle Dawkins, dude, that 
that squeeze was nasty, man. Like Pickett, the whole time he looked like he was in a really bad spot. And Kyle Dawkins, right before the tap, Dawkins actually looked up to the ref and said, I think he's out because, like, I, I guess he must have felt him starting to go limp or something. Uh, so good awareness by Kyle Dawkins, dude. But what a squeeze this guy must have, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, so, yeah, uh, Kyle Dawkins is, is, is going to be something – is a force to be reckoned with in this middleweight division. And this fight was actually a catchweight because Jamie Pickett took this fight on short notice. Took a fight on short notice, almost lost his tongue. So there's that. Uh, Parker Porter, unanimous decision over Alan Badeau. Um, I don't have much on this one, Art, unless you want to jump in here. Um, I don't have much on it either, but it, I thought it was a good fight. You know, it wasn't boring by any means. A uh, really interesting fight. Just, uh, you know, didn't stand out compared to the rest of the card. Yeah. I mean, Porter did a good job pressing the action and, and pushing the pace and, you know, outpointing Badeau. He won the fight. Um, the fight of the night for me, Art, was uh, Joaquin Buckley and Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. It's not just because I picked it as my sleeper fight last week. Um, this fight just showed so many things from these two, um, from these two athletes that that we didn't know they had. Like we didn't know Joaquin Buckley could wrestle. We didn't know Al Hassan could have a gas tank and have you know a a paced, calculated strategy. Um, it, you know, usually it's like you got to weather the storm in the first round, and then you don't have to worry about anything else. Now you have many other dimensions that you have to worry about when facing these two guys, because now, you know, Al Hassan can go the distance and be a beast in the third round. Even um, I, I think it would have been fair to score that third round, a 10, eight for Al Hassan actually, because he almost had Buckley out and right at the end of the fight, he almost finished him. Um, so a 10, eight and a draw in that fight. Um, I think, I, I think would have been fair, but, um, great fight. And then you, you have the, the new tools from Buckley as well. He showed he can wrestle. Like he timed his takedowns really well against Al Hassan. He tried to weigh on him, make him carry his weight to tire him out. But Al Hassan shows that he's got a gas tank now. Uh, give me your thoughts, Art. And what's up to the, uh, the MMA holes. <laughs> nice. I love that name for a podcast. MMA holes. That's awesome. Uh, but dude, um, Bill, I agree with you hundred percent. I actually thought that that third round was a 10, eight for Al Hassan as well, because when, when that round ended, man, Buckley, I don't think he wanted anymore, man. And it looked like the ref could have maybe stepped in once or twice, uh, especially with, uh, the ground and pound that Al Hassan was using at the end, throwing in the elbows and hammer fists. So I could have seen that as a 10, eight for al Hassan, i felt like a draw would have been a really good decision for this fight um but yeah bill what a great fight man al Hassan, like you said came back in that third round and i don't think joaquin buckley expected it either but mm. i don't think al Hassan expected to be looking at the lights uh off of uh takedowns from buckley man uh this fight was awesome uh Great way to open the main card, Bill, which unfortunately, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was in a couple of meetings yesterday, so I only caught the main card. But wow, just what a fight from both of these guys. Yeah, um, it it was and and it it wasn't great for the reasons you would think it would be great, 
because you mm. thought you would think these two would just come out like with some crazy explosive techniques and one of them would get knocked out in the first round. Um, but it was a great fight that went to distance and it was back and forth. I, I don't understand scoring it for Al Hassan, which one judge did. Um, but other than that, like if it had been scored a draw, I think, I think that would have been totally reasonable. I, I watching it, I was thinking I would have probably given Al Hassan a 10, eight in that third round. And then after the fight, when they're both laying on their backs, looking at the, looking up at the ceiling, that was just a classic scene. I thought, and, um, I'm looking forward to some good memes coming out of that one. Um, but this was the fight of the night for me. There was no fight of the night bonus. The bonuses went to uh, Jamal Hill, obviously, Kyle Dawkins, um, Stephanie Egger, and I believe David Onama, who had that really nice knockout over Gabriel Benitez. Um <clears throat> So, um, did you miss the uh, Onama Benitez fight? Part? I did, I did, and the ESPN app has been funky lately. Mm. Yeah, not too reliable that ESPN Plus. Um, I I would definitely go back and check out this fight. Um, this was this was a dog fight, and Onama wound up getting a knockout towards the end of the first round. Um, Let's see. Uh, <laughs> I like this comment from Bruce. Jessica Rose should do her inevitable transition from MMA to porn soon. More potential for her there. Well, that's not very nice. I mean, unless you think like she's just so attractive, she would make a successful porn star. That That's another story. Um, I think... I think a lot of people underestimated Stephanie Egger here. Um, I liked that she moved up to bantamweight. I think she looks great there. Um, she's a black belt in judo. She's got slick ground skills. Uh, she was good in the clinch as well because Jessica Rose uh, wanted to get it to the clinch. And Stephanie Egger was like, all right, let's clinch then. You know, I, I got my judo. I feel comfortable here. And that arm bar was, was picture perfect. Like the way she broke the grip, um, the way she controlled her with her hips, um, the way she kept the arm tucked afterwards. Like it was just beautiful technique on that arm bar, uh, by Egger. And I think she's going to be a problem in this division going forward. Give me your thoughts, Art. Yeah, Bill, it sounds like it. I mean, Jessica Rose Clark, uh, you know, I know she's not had the best go of it lately, but she's definitely a tough customer, man. You know, I feel like she's someone who absolutely deserves to be in the UFC. And Bill, if she made an OnlyFans, I don't think I'd be too upset at that either. But uh, the point is, uh, you know, definitely a stiff, stiff test for Stephanie Egger. And Bill, I'm actually watching uh, Benitez versus um onama at the moment on espn plus mm -hmm. uh because the app wasn't working when these fights were live bill but it's okay now this was actually the first time in her career that jessica rose clark was submitted um so uh no shame in that uh chaz skelly uh tko over mark striegel and something had happened in this fight where 
either Striegel said to his corner or his corner yelled out that Chaz Skelly had nothing on his punches and that kind of pissed him off. And um, so he knocked him out. Um, <laughs> and this was a oh, semi-retirement fight for Chaz Skelly. He said um, he runs a roofing company now and he's selling roofs to people and he's making a good living and his body's kind of quitting on him. But he asked the UFC if he could stay on the roster and if something interesting comes up, like he wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, and, you know, I like that. I like that he, you know, he has his plan lined up. I just clicked on some weird link. Oh, luckily it was just real estate and wasn't, uh, wasn't Jessica Rose Clark's only fans. Um, that I thought you were looking at Chess Skelly's roofing company. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to click out of this ad and the, the X was, a. Uh, like, this isn't an illegal stream. This is, a, like, an actual website where I'm just trying to get some information. I need to stop using SureDog, I think. I've just been – I've been using SureDog, like, since I've been watching MMA. Um, yeah, so it, if he says the word retired, then he has to come out of the USADA pool. And, you know, if he wants to take a fight, I think it's, like, a six-month waiting period. Uh, where you have to be tested again. But um, if he if he doesn't say the word retired, then he can stay in the USADA testing pool. And, you know, if they offer him a fight uh, last minute, then he can accept it. So um, that's what they mean by that. Um, this angers Bruce. Bruce says, what the fuck is semi-retirement supposed to mean? You're either retired or you aren't. Don't be a little bitch sitting on the fence like that. He's not sitting on the fence, Bruce. He's sitting on a roof. And he's selling it. <laughs> hey, so, it sounds like he's sitting on a pile of cash. If, uh, the roofing <laughs> business is good. Yeah, right? The roofing business is good. Um, yeah, so I, I've i always enjoyed watching Chad Skelly fight. I mean, the dude is just... He's, he's a scrapper, man. Yeah, he's um, one tough dude. Love Chad Skelly. Uh, Gloria De Paula, unanimous decision over Diana Belvita, uh, Chad and Hellinger, uh, nasty knockout over Jesse Strader. I, I definitely recommend going back and watching that one. Um, dropped him and then fell right into Mount and, uh, and put him out with, with punches from the Mount. Uh, Jonathan Pierce, unanimous decision over Christian Rodriguez and Mario Bautista, Unanimous decision over Jay Perrin. And that is UFC Vegas 48. Art, any uh, encompassing thoughts on this card here? No, I thought this was an enjoyable card. It was over by like nine because mm. of that quick knockout of Johnny Walker in the first round. So, yeah, you know, it was, it was a good card. No Not mad at it. Not mad at it. And then I actually even stayed up a little later um, I had the, I had the fire pit going last night. So I was sitting outside with a cigar and my laptop. So since the UFC ended and I still had some of my cigar left, I still had a little whiskey in my glass. I switched over to BKFC just in time to catch Chad Mendez knock out some dude. Um, I, I don't even know the name of the guy he was fighting to be honest. Um, but Chad Mendez looks ripped uh <laughs> they always and, will do that bill yeah they will yeah they will um uh, i mean i think 
I think if um if you're gonna do bare knuckle boxing, like you should, like I would be taking everything. I would say like give me, give me everything. Give me the the EPO. Give me the the picograms. Give me all of it. Like put it all in me, and then um you know we'll see what happens. But uh, Chad Mendes getting a a not he knocked this dude out like three or four times before you know the dude was finally not able to continue anymore. Um, which like the standing eight count is such, such a dangerous thing. Um, so there was that. And then, uh, the main event was, uh, my buddy Julian Lane and Mike Perry. Oh, that's a good. Oh, yeah. Um, Mike Perry looked, this was, uh, it, it was at 175 pounds, but this was actually, to me, it was the leanest Mike Perry had ever looked. Which, you know, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Lose weight without dieting. Um, it was a it was a good fight. You know, they it, it was everything you would expect from these two. Like they they bloodied each other up. Um they were, you know, there was bad blood for a long time between these two. They they got into a little scrap at the last BKFC event I was at that I covered, which was I don't remember what the, the one that was in Tampa. I have my quest pass over here somewhere that has the. Elaine had like thrown some papers at Mike Perry and then Mike got up and started throwing punches and there was bad blood. Uh, Mike Perry won the decision. Uh, I don't know how the hell you would have scored this fight anyway. Um, like these guys were both a bloody mess at the end of it. Um, it, it was. You know, it was good for me. I think I decided last night five rounds is too many for for bare knuckle. Like, just make it three rounds and, you know, raise somebody's hand after that. Um, You don't need to make every fight five rounds, especially because when you get more technical guys in there and higher level guys, you know, they're not out there just like clubbing each other. They're like actually technically boxing and they're holding back on their punches because they don't want to break their hands. So I think three rounds is good. I would like to see them switch it to three rounds, but um, I did not watch Bellator art as I'm sure neither did you. And I'm sure probably most people watching this didn't either. I just, I used to be a fan of Bellator. I don't know what it is. I just can't get on board with it anymore. I had no desire to watch this. I even, I went as far as today I looked up on Twitter. I searched Bellator on Twitter or just to see the highlights from last night, because I do like Neiman Gracie. He was fighting in the main event against uh, Logan Storley. I wanted to see some highlights. The only Twitter results was Bellator's Twitter account tweeting about the prelims and showing highlights from that. There was nothing about the main card or the main event, I couldn't find highlights anywhere. I had to go like on my laptop, like on Google, to actually find out what happened in this. Like the the Bellator card, Bellator two seventy four, was so uninteresting that Bellator didn't even watch the main card. They tweeted about the prelims, and then they were like, "Fuck this, let's watch BKFC." <laughs> Bill. 
that's probably what happened. I mean, are they still doing that thing where they do the prelims at the end? Maybe you saw the main card and it was just labeled as the prelims. No, I'm telling you that this was um this was on Twitter. Like I I put Bellator in the search bar on Twitter and the only thing that came up was Bellator's account tweeting about the prelims. Um but it looked like there were actually some good fights on here. And so Logan Storley um, beat Neiman Gracie handily, um, kept it on the feet. Obviously, Storley is a good wrestler, and he just outstruck Neiman. Uh, obviously, you don't want to go to the ground with a Gracie, especially Neiman. Um, uh, 50-45, he beat him. But in the co-main event, Andre Koroskov uh, defeated Chance for Country, and hit him with a spinning back kick to the body. Um, spinning back kick to the body, broke five of his ribs and punctured one of his lungs. Um, and it, it took, it actually took me a while to find the clip of it. Like I just couldn't find it anywhere. Finally found it on, on some MMA site. Um, but yeah, that's that's one fight out of out of these that I would actually go back and watch. Um, other than that, there wasn't too much going on here. Jeez, Bill, that sounds horrifying. Like this dude probably would have had a better chance if you just hit him with a car. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I how hard do you have to get kicked for it to break five ribs? I mean, I would think some of those ribs must have had like some micro fractures or something already. Um, yeah. But still that's man, that's, that's a hell of a kick. I mean, Andre Koroskov is, is a beast. And, and this is what I, what I don't like about the fact that I don't like Bellator is they actually have some awesome fighters in there. And this dude, Koroskov, he's, He's one of the best welterweights on the planet. Um, yeah, you know, his only beat, losses. Uh, didn't he beat uh, Bendo, uh, Benson Henderson? Yes, he did a while ago. And he has a win over Douglas Lima. And his only losses lately were he lost twice to Douglas Lima after he beat him. And then he lost to a uh, split decision to Lorenz Larkin. Um, but other than that, I mean, the, obviously the dude hits hard. He's breaking ribs and puncturing lungs and all that stuff. Um, he's got a loss to Ben Askren way back in the day. Um, but yeah, this dude is a beast, man. <clears throat> I would actually love to see how he would do uh, in the UFC's welterweight division, how he would match up with those guys. Um, yeah, I'd love to see that guy fight like Robbie Lawler. That'd be sick. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. That'd be a fun one. Um, that's all I got on on Bellator. Uh if there was anything else that was interesting on this car that's worth checking out and you guys want to let me know, which I'm assuming most of you uh <clears throat> I'm just getting distracted by Bruce's comments over here. It says if I talk shit about Bellator again, Andre will puncture your lung too, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he probably man. would that's a scary dude 
I wouldn't want to tell him that his uh, that his promotion sucks to his face. Um, <laughs> and let's see. Let's look ahead to next week. So obviously, uh, the big news with next week's card art is that Benil Dariush had to pull out um, due to injury. And Bobby Green steps up after fighting last week. Steps up, takes his fight at 160-pound catch weight. So everybody's praising Bobby Green, right? Which you should. Like, that's a tough dude. But here's why you should praise him even more. Because this was supposed to be two ranked opponents, like number three and number four or something like that. Right, Art? Yep. Yeah, I forgot uh, who the original opponent it was. was. Benil Dariush. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. So, um, um, Dan Hooker made this point, and it made me think. He said that they would have liked a ranked opponent to fight Makachev. So imagine how many people probably didn't answer the phone to take this fight. So I thought, you know, why not take a look at the rankings and. Here I'm looking at MMA world rankings just just to get an idea. And based on this, Bobby Green is ranked number 20 in the UFC. And now I'm not saying this is a credible source. I'm not saying I agree with these rankings. I'm just using it for the sake of argument. So Bobby Green is ranked number 20. Islam Makhachev is ranked number five. All right, obviously Charles Oliveira. Not going to be him. He's the champ. And Justin Gaethje is going to fight Oliveira. He's not going to, you know, skip his title fight to to step in on this fight. Uh, Dustin Poirier taking some time off, I guess. But Neil Dariush injured. So now let's go down the list. You got Michael Chandler. Was probably called. Probably said no. Um, But he... He just fought like a few months ago. So... Uh, yeah, you know. Bobby Green fought last week. All right, so Michael Chandler probably said no. Um, <laughs> so Sandro's uh, fighting on pay-per-view against Fazeev, so he gets a pass. Conor McGregor, obviously not going to get him on a fight night um, yeah, yeah. last minute. Yeah, they probably skipped his name on the uh, on the phone book there. Tony Ferguson, ranked number nine according to this, despite having three losses in a row. Um, probably said no, no fight lined up. Uh, Dan Hooker is moving to featherweight. Uh, Fazeev fighting Dos Anjos. Uh, Gregor Gillespie, probably nobody could get a hold of him. He's out bass fishing or something. <laughs> um, but that would be a great fight. I would love to see Gillespie and Islam Makachev at some point because I always wanted the Gillespie Khabib fight, and I feel like this is the next best thing. Nice, good, good choice. Uh, Matus Gamrot probably said no, no fight coming up. Uh, Diego Fedea, ranked number 14 despite three straight losses, probably said no. Uh, they got Hinato Morikano on here. He also just fought. Um, I don't know if they called him or not, but if they did, he said no. Brad Riddell, Demir Ismagulov, Joel Alvarez, Tiago Moises, and then whoever's job this was is like. Well, fuck it. We got to call Bobby Green now. But he just fought last week. He's not going to say yes. And Bobby Green says, the fuck I'm not. (laughs) 
So however much you respected Bobby Green, now think about the other, I don't know, what was it, 12 guys I just named who probably said no to this opportunity. And Bobby Green is like, yeah, uh, spot me five pounds and I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, let me just, just give me five pounds and I'll fight him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude. It's like, like it, they're calling him. Like, listen, Bobby, we know you just fought, and um, we know it's asking a lot, but we need somebody to fight Makachev. And Bobby's like, can you give me five pounds? And they're like, that's all. <laughs> I was like, these other 12 guys either didn't answer the phone or they just laughed at us and hung up. Um, so how 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 do you not respect Bobby Green here? Uh, I mean, obviously, he's not going to be a favorite in this. Um, since especially not just because Makachev is ranked so high, but because nobody wants to fight this guy. Art. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is sure. a scary man. Um, nobody wants to just get smothered in there and, and he can't even make the argument that, that Makachev is a, is a boring fighter or anything. I mean, the dude finished his last three opponents who were all ranked. All right. So I guess, um, you know, you can, you can cross Tiago Moises off because he lost. Um, and then you have. Looking back on here, um, I skipped over. Hmm. I'm looking where. Okay, Armand Saryukian. So on the UFC's website, Armand Saryukian is ranked in the top 15, but on this website, he's ranked 23rd. He's fighting Joel Alvarez on this same card. So why didn't one of these guys want to step up to the main event? Hey, would you want to fight Islam Makachev? I don't think anybody's answering that phone call, dude. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a scary, scary guy, man. Um, and, you know, he's been quiet. He's been quiet, but like you said, those last three fights, any in submission, he's making statements, man. And listen, I got nothing but respect for Bobby Green for even answering the phone when he got this call. But, dude... Um, all the all the best, man. All the best of luck to Bobby Green. He's got a very tough task ahead of him, man. Yeah, but you know, I will say Bobby Green does have a good style to to deal with Makachev. Now, I'm not saying that I think Bobby Green is going to win, but you know, he has that crisp boxing, but he fights with his hands down, which is perfect for defending takedowns because you can, you know get your underhooks and, you know, stop the guy from getting underneath your hips uh, when your hands are that low. And he throws punches at weird angles. So, you know, if Makachev comes in for, you know, to drag him to the ground with one of these body lock takedowns, you know, Bobby Green can catch him with, with a hard shot. Um, now here's the question. So this was meant to be like a contender's fight. Like I think the winner of this was meant – to fight for the title next, the winner of Gaethje and Oliveira. So if Bobby Green comes in on short notice and upsets Islam Makachev, and you're the UFC art, are you giving Bobby Green the title shot? 
Oh, man. That is a very tough question. And, Bill, I'm pretty sure the UFC did not even account for this scenario if Bobby Green does win because they probably don't think he will. But, Bill, if he does, I think, yeah, give it to him. Mm. If he beats the guy that nobody else wants to fight, hell yeah, let's do it, man. Um, it's He's probably got a snowball's chance in hell. But, dude, I'm all for it, Bill. You know I like a little bit of anarchy when it comes to this stuff. So, listen, if Bobby Green can pull out the win over Islam Makachev and, like, finish him, like, with one of those punches at a weird angle, like you just said, um, I say, why not? Give it to him. The dude has, he'll probably have earned it. Uh, and like you said, um, stylistically, the way Bobby Green fights is just a little weird, man. Like you said, hands down, ready for takedowns. Uh, so this could potentially be a very interesting fight. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine Justin Gaethje wins the championship and then we have Justin Gaethje versus Bobby Green for the lightweight championship? I can't imagine that. But now, hey, this could be a scenario. Let's do it. Let's and then it happen. the co-main event could be Makachev and Gregor Gillespie. This is like uh, putting my dream card together here. <laughs> and then let's put uh, Charles Oliveira and Benil Dariush together while we're at it. I think this I, is... Yeah, I like where this is going. An all lightweight main card. I think that would be fun. Who else? Who else can we put on this card? Oh, we definitely have to get Edson Barbosa in there. Uh, maybe have him fight Michael Chandler. I don't know. Uh, Barbosa is back at forty-five now, I believe. Oh, in that case, we could have Chandler versus. Um... Brad Riddell would be fun. Um, I was even thinking Tony Ferguson, but Brad Riddell could be a good fight Mm. too. Yeah, Tony Ferguson too. Let's throw Conor McGregor on here. You know, I was thinking um, the other day, like I I really have no desire anymore to see Conor McGregor compete. Like I just, I'm kind of over it. But then I was thinking if he was to come back, I would actually like to see Conor McGregor and Leon Edwards. Oh, it's like Conor move up. Like there's not much for Conor to do at lightweight. Like he's got two losses to Dustin Poirier and, you know, didn't look good in either of them. Um, you, you know, Oliveira is a terrible matchup for him. Yeah. Like move up to 70. He's fought there before. Um, and and have a fun fight with with Leon Edwards. I think I think that would actually be like a really fun match. And really, the only way I'd want to like, there's nobody looking at the lightweights. There's nobody I care to see Connor fight. Like, there's nothing nothing piques my interest with any of those matchups. And you have to have him as a main event because you're paying him millions of dollars. Uh, so why not Leon Edwards? Um, let's take a look at the rest of this card though, Art, because it's actually a pretty, pretty good card. Co-main event, Misha Serkinov and Wellington Terman. Serkinov is one of these guys that I feel like does better than he has because I was looking up his record earlier and, um, he's been struggling of late, lost four of his last five, I believe. Um, Wellington Terman, um, you know, hot and cold as well, but I think this is a fun fight. I think these are two tough dudes that are 
you know, pretty evenly matched here. And I think it's, it's going to produce, produce a pretty fun co-main event. What do you think, Art? Yeah, dude, Misha Shirkinov, a tough customer. And Wellington Terman, no slouch either. His record is not terrible. Um, but yeah, dude, this could be a really good fight at middleweight. I'm liking mm-hmm. that one. Uh, Ji Yon Kim against uh, Priscilla Cachoeira. Uh, that's a fun flyweight matchup. Uh, and then, as I mentioned earlier, Armand Saryukian against Joel Alvarez. Fun lightweight fight. Um, you got to think, though, Art, like both of these guys probably didn't want to step up to the main event here. They, they were probably the first two in the Rolodex when it came to this. It's like, well, who are the lightweights that are on this card that are ranked? Well, we got Saryukian and Alvarez. Unless, you know, the only way all these people get off the hook is if Darius drops out and Bobby Green calls, you know, Sean Shelby or whoever's in charge of this and is like, give me that fight. I want Makachev. But I don't think it went down that way. I yeah. think they I think they called all 12 or 13 of these guys and, and they got 12 or 13 no thank yous. Which, you know, I'm not judging. I'm just I'm just here to present the information. Sit back and have a drink while you all process it. Um, but there's that. But I think uh, despite all of this, uh, Saryukian and Alvarez is a, is a really fun fight. Uh, Saryukian super tough. Fought my buddy Matt Frivola. Um, really good grappler. Um, Armen Petrosian versus Gregory Rodriguez. I'm just going to go through the rest of these, Art, and you tell me what jumps off the page to you. Uh, Zhu Rong against Ignacio Bahamondes. Uh, Josiane Nunez against Ramona Pasquale. Terrence McKinney, who we know um, made his UFC debut with that seven-second knockout, uh, facing Fares Siam. Uh, Jin Yu Frey against Hannah Goldie. Alejandro Perez against Jonathan Martinez. Ramiz Brahimaj against Michael Gilmore. And Victor Altamirano against Carlos Hernandez. What's jumping out to you here, Art? Bill, definitely that Terrence McKinney fight. Um, like you said, a lot of knockout power. Um, I'm also liking the um, Priscilla Quachuera Versus G on Kim fight. I think that'll be really good as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this Alejandro Perez and Jonathan Martinez fight. For some reason, I have a feeling this one is going to be fireworks. Um, so I would keep an eye on that one, folks. Maybe that I'll, I'll make that my sleeper pick. Um, but yeah, it's a fun little card. Uh, hopefully this is another early one. And then um, the following week, we got uh, Masvidal and Covington. So some fun things on the horizon here, Art. Yeah, yeah. February into March is looking good. It certainly is. I'm just going to browse real quick here, see if there's any headlines worth mentioning. Is there any uh, news that you heard about, Art, that you wanted to bring to the table? Bill... I have nothing for you at this time. All right. Well, let's see. Talked about Jamie Pickett biting off his tongue. 
And yeah, that'll do it. Um, man, Jamal Hill, what a what a talent, man. Um, this this dude's a problem for anybody in this division. Um, and it, and he looked to me, Art, and tell me if it was just me, he looked a lot smaller than Johnny Walker. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking that too. Um, Johnny Walker looked like a light heavyweight, whereas Jamal Hill kind of looked like a middleweight getting in there. Um, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, there was a good size differential there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, that's what makes me wonder if you know if there's a possibility. I I feel like if John Jones can move up to heavyweight, Johnny Walker can move up to heavyweight. Because I feel like Johnny Walker has a little bit bigger of a frame and then, you know, might help him, you know, going in there with a fully hydrated brain. Um, but it's got to be tough, man. When you're getting hit by guys this big at, at this level, like, that's just tough, man. That's why heavyweight, that's why the longest title reign in heavyweight is three or whatever it is by Stipe. Yeah. Because, you know, the bigger these guys are, like, it it doesn't take much to shut that brain off. I mean, these guys hit so fucking hard. Um, Let's see. I think I, I think I covered everything. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, that was a big one for me. The Seafood Festival. Talked about yeah. that. We talked about the Super Bowl. I think we got it's all our Super bases Bowl. covered. The Super huh? Bowl, which still feels like it was nine years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I think that's I think that's it. But um if I'm leaving anything out, let me know. If there's anything you guys, you know, wanted to hear us talk about and we didn't, we can cover it next week. Uh in the meantime, if you want to grab some MMA on the Rocks merchandise, you can do so through our friends at Team Reaper. Reaper1.co is the website. You can grab an over-the-top, under-the-influence tank top hoodie or uh, T-shirt. I still don't have one of those hoodies, and winter's over here in Florida. We had our three weeks of winter, and, and it was it was almost 80 degrees today, so I guess I'm not going to need one of those hoodies for a while. But, you know, if you guys live somewhere where you're getting these blizzards and everything, Make sure you order order uh, two hoodies because you know your girlfriend's going to steal one. Um, so just do yourself a favor and order two. Use the promo code MMARocks10. Save yourself 10% on your whole order, whether you are ordering our merchandise or not. Of course, we appreciate you supporting the show, but you are free to, <laughs> you are free to uh, purchase anything on the site, and you can use my promo code. I don't mind. I promise. Um, Mark says an MMA on the rocks bottle opener would be nice. All right. I will keep that in mind. I'll, I'll talk to, uh, I'll talk to my boy Ryan over at team Reaper, see if he could do something together. Team Reaper, by the way, a local company, they're right here in Tampa. Um, they make all of our merchandise. Um, I, I try to, uh, support local as often as possible, even when it comes to printing podcast merchandise. So, uh, we appreciate everybody who supports the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for talking shit. I even enjoy I even enjoy Bruce's comments trolling me here and calling me a bitch and all of this. I love it. Um, 
feel free to come on here and talk all the shit you want, guys. Uh, I can take it. This is not the kind of show where uh, I'm going to see you saying mean things and <laughs> and want to pack up my stuff and go home. Uh, I actually enjoy it. Um, if it's creative and it makes me laugh, I'll throw it up on the screen. Same thing with your reviews. If you leave us a five-star review and you make it funny, I will share it and read it on the show. Uh, so please do leave a review wherever you are consuming the show, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, Google Play, and all the rest. Uh, your reviews are appreciated. Your comments are appreciated. Your shares are appreciated. Even your shit talk is appreciated here, folks. We love it all. So bring it on every week. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. Oh, if you want to get a hold of that guy, Jeff the Animal Wilson, who used to be on the show, you can't. But you can send me a message at MMA on the Rocks, and I'll make sure he gets it. Art, thanks for your time, my friend. Thank you for having me, Bill. Always a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye.